Oh, Fitness Pro Mentor community, happy Minds on Muscle Day. Boy, Glenn and I are excited to be here. We got a fun topic we're going to talk about, but Glenn, how are you doing today, sir? Very well. I had a very recharging weekend. At any time, I go away to see some friends. It's uh, That change of space, I always find, allows you to um, break out of habitual thinking, right? Yeah. So that's why I think a lot of people, we've had some of our students tell us this, they go on vacation for a week and a half. They're in a different place. They see things differently. They come back with new ideas, reinvigorated. And so for me to get away for a weekend, and I haven't done that in a long time, helped me just rethink and reorganize my thoughts around a whole bunch of different stuff in my life. And I came back re-energized despite a like, very busy weekend. So yeah, I'm doing really good today, Brandon. What about you? How are you doing? Good. I'm all right, man. We just got a new uh, handicap rail installed in the bathroom. So I'm super excited about that. And things are good. But I'm with you, man. I'm a space person. Like the, I mean, you can get like in the right mindset, but like having an environment that you can kind of like shift to, like even just being in your car. Yeah. You know, I got and downstairs in the room as I got a little music room where my drums are. That space, even though it's in my house and it's this tiny little room, it just changes things for me. So I get a better framing. And when I enter my next environment, I feel even better. So I'm with you. I'm glad you had a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, man. It was fantastic. Um, let's jump into it. Let's get down into it. Today, we're going to talk about time and money. And I think this is really kind of an important conversation. Time and money. Glenn, mm-hmm. what do you think about time and money? <laughs> Time is money, if you think about it. No, what do I think about time and money? Great question. We're kind of rifting off this one today, so I love that question. I wasn't prepared for it. And so when I think about time and money, I think about how money, I guess in my mind, is almost a reflection of time in the sense that if you want to earn more of it, you have to put the time in doing certain things, building certain skills, such that you have the value to give somebody in exchange for your time and for your skill set. And that will net a certain amount of income for you depending on your skill set. And there's a reason why most people that work at fast food restaurants uh, a lot of times tend to be teenagers. And in some cases, you might have like older adults who, for whatever reason, are doing that. Or even, you know, God bless these people as well. Like Canada, we have a lot of immigrants. They come here. Maybe they have some skills, but they're still learning the language and everything like that. And so they are there working a lot of these jobs because right now they might not have the quote unquote value to perhaps be doing something that requires more skill, whether you look at that from a technical side of things or a soft skill communication side of things, right? And I don't mean to say anything that comes off as disparaging. I, I think, you know, living in Canada is wonderful and I love seeing people that have moved here to try to it's better anywhere. their lives. It's anywhere in the world. Wherever yeah. you go, you need to have a level of technical skill and whatever it is that you're doing so you can get some extra additional value. Yeah, and be able to communicate well, right? I mean, yeah. those are, I mean, we always talk about communication. So for me, that's really what comes to my mind initially is how are you going to be using your time? Are you going to be trading it for some money, right? Some uh, someone else's money right now and offer them something for that? Or are you going to spend your time building your skill set so you have more value so that you can charge more in the future? That's really, to me, what it boils down to. I think it's the crux of our conversation today. Well, I want to kind of start off because, I mean, so if you're, if you're new here, we have a marketing mentorship and we do some consulting and we work with personal trainers, business owners, just like you. And our job is to try and help you grow and scale your business. And honestly, my goal is I want you to two to three X your business. And on that, one of our students this week just told me uh, he's making, he's three X his net profit on one part of his business, which is super cool. He's making tons of income now, which is absolutely incredible. Another student told me they got four clients in the last few days, which is absolutely great, just from a small campaign they did. So if you want to learn more about how we help businesses like you get organic growth, uh, please reach out to us because we've got a really affordable way to get some incredible support from people who are absolutely crushing it. I love it. But 
I want to tell a bit of a story because I was thinking about, um, we got a few students right now that we've been talking about this idea of, hey, you need to do more. And they say things like, yeah, I want to do more, but I can't give up time right now because I need the time to make money to pay my bills. And I don't have the time to go out and do these extra things that will bring me more money. And it's difficult because if you had a huge influx of cash, you could just pay people to delegate different parts of your business and it becomes a lot easier. But there's this tough part when you open a business. And I'll tell you a little bit about when I opened Strata because at the very beginning, I didn't have wonderful people like you, Glenn. I didn't have a great, great team to get started. I had Chris, who is incredible. My head trainer, he's been here since day one. He was helping to pay for some of the bills by being here. But my first job was, okay, I need to get clients for myself, but I also need to try and grow this team. And it was really hard because it was this idea that it was like I had to grow two businesses simultaneously, right? It wasn't just you know, making sure that I can pay my bills, but it's, I need to make sure I have someone else that can pay their bills because if I have a Glenn here and you can't afford to buy a car, why would you want to be here? So it was not only like, it was a big problem because I realized right off the bat, like that's how this business will sustain because if you're working more, I can work a little bit less and I can focus on elevating things in here even more, getting a handrail installed or making right. sure. So it was, it was really tough. But the reason why I say that is because when I first opened this place, I was 27, wasn't married, didn't have kids, my only focus, I was living in an apartment right now, like still like saving money to try and buy a house. My sole focus was Strata. And it was a do or die kind of situation. And the whole thing was I committed every moment of my time to growing this business. I was here at 6.30, month every day of the week. As soon as I'd wake up, I'd have breakfast and I'd be out the door. Most days I was here till 7 p.m. So I'd be here for at least 12 to 13 hours a day, seeing clients, doing marketing, making connections, training staff, doing study groups. On top of that, I was teaching uh, for RTS at that time, the Resistance Training Specialist Program, trying to get more trainers excited by being here. And it was just a lot. But I was putting 60 to 65 hours a week in because it wasn't that I was, I was growing more than just one business at a time. Right? It wasn't just me. It was split up by how do I attract Glens? How do I attract people like you? How do I attract trainers to want to be in my educational business? How do I make sure that my client business is so sturdy and robust that I don't have to worry going forward? And the reason why I say that is that is a, in many mentors' worlds, a disproportionate amount of time to put towards something. It's rather unhealthy, what some people would say. Um, I was here a lot. But I needed to. It was a season that I had to go through to make sure that this place was stable and ready to go. And one thing that I tell you I have now, and I know Glenn has now, is I have very strong boundaries between when I'm not here and uh, when I am here. Because when I'm at home, I've got my kids. And the toughest thing is when I get a message about something that I have to deal with at work, and my son's sitting beside me, and my mind gets distracted, and I take that time away from him. It's not even my time. It's I take it away from my young son. So I try to be sturdy with that. But I didn't have to worry about that then before. I put every moment in because I knew that every moment was going to turn into that business growing. And if I could make small successes happen, it would turn into something bigger. Now, nowadays, I maybe work, I'm still here 45, 50 hours a week because I absolutely love it. But I don't have to put all that extra time in because several of those relationships and those systems have become automated and gone forward. So all I'm trying to say is I want to say, and I'm, I'm a bogart in this conversation, you have to, if you need money and time, you have to put in that extra money and time now. You have to. Because you have to look at, are the actions you're taking today, will it turn to a place where you can retire one day soon when you want to? Can you buy a house? Will you always be in debt? Do you even want that? Anyway, it's a lot. Well, there, there's, there's a little gem in there, and this is something that I've spoken to a couple of students about as well, and I think it's a pretty important piece of the puzzle. 
there's going to be a... Well, first, if you've got a goal, depending on how lofty and how far away from it you are, it requires a certain amount of time to get there. Whether that is time you need to build the skills in order to be able to achieve that thing, or whether it is the time that it takes to find the clients you need to build your business. There's always going to be a certain amount of time that it takes to get towards a goal, right? That whole idea of like manifesting something doesn't happen in a moment, right? It's, it's everything happening beneath the surface. And then one day you have that thing. And it's not that it just appeared, it's that you're doing all the work leading up to it. So it does take a certain amount of time to get towards your goals. And with that in mind, there's always going to be, at least in my mind, minimizing the lag time between doing the things that you are doing versus what you ought to be doing. Almost, I want to say, need to be doing. If you want to grow your one-to-one personal training business, if you want to grow your one-to-one personal training business and you've got zero marketing skills, you're going to have a hell of a time building that business quickly because you've got no marketing skills. So you've got to be able to put the time in doing that. And if you don't want to do that, you still may be able to build a business. Perhaps you rely purely on paying for ads, which I guess is one way to go about it. I don't know if that's necessarily the most sustainable or you get a couple clients and then you do the best you can with them and they might slowly build you up with referrals and then perhaps you grow your business that way, which is another form of marketing, by the way. What I'm trying to say is that the quicker you shorten that lag time between what you ought to be doing versus what you are doing, the quicker you get to where you want to go. And that's why guys like Jeff Bezos, whether you like parts of Amazon's practice or not, is not the point of this conversation. That's why guys like Jeff Bezos have like a very easy matrix, right? Is this going to directly help my business in the short term, in the long term towards the goals I have, or is it not going to? It's not going to? Great. I don't do it. And it's a very emotionless thought process. And I mean, I could go on... uh, in this particular topic for a while, but I don't want to monopolize the conversation. I suppose the last thing I'll say is, I think for a lot of people, one of their greatest struggles is they know what they have to do. And either they'll do the mental gymnastics to not do that thing. And then the lag time is just is longer and longer and they don't get to where they want to go. Or they know what they could be doing and they just decide to do something else. And there's no mental gymnastics. They're just like, I don't want to do that. It scares me. I'm going to do something else. And by the way, it's okay if you don't want to do certain things because it scares you. You have to be okay with the consequences, which is not having potentially sustainable business. I could tell my own story about this, but I'll digress for now. I'll throw it back over to you. I really just think it's really important to, to shorten that lag time between what you ought to be doing and what you are doing, ultimately. Hold that story because I think that'd be a good thing to do. There's, um, there's an analogy that one of my drums teachers once told me. That's why I got a drumstick here. And it was, if you look at like, I don't know if you guys know this, I'm obsessed with drums. I love it. It keeps my brain going really, really good. And maybe someone might watch my videos and go, I'm, you know, Brandon's pretty good at drums. And so if I've got this timeline and this is brand new drummer and this is expert level drummer, you pick your expert level drummer. I don't care who it is, but there's a guy named Steve Gadd. He's a wizard. There's some really incredible guys. So let's say like the world's best is at the tip right here. Well, if I'm at this black line here, the truth is between me and Steve Gadd is not a level of skill. It's a matter of time and the amount of good, high-quality time that was put in to get to that point. And the reason why I say this is because if you think about, if you look at, you look at Jeff Bezos, right? Jeff Bezos is here on the timeline, right? And you look at someone who's 13 years old working at McDonald's, they are right here. 
Jeff Bezos, you maybe you can get the Jeff Bezos's level. Maybe we don't pick someone like that, but pick someone, you know, pick someone who's got a high level executive job that's making three hundred thousand dollars a year around the corner, right? You can get there, but you need to learn the skills that are required to get there. You need the pieces of education to get there. You just got to check mark those achievements and make it happen. I'm watching that Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix, so which is good. so good. But the whole thing he just keeps keeps talking is keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, because you got to keep going and keep going to get there. And so. If you know what you need, and this is a funny thing, right? I used to ask this with all personal training clients when I was quite young. I'd say, hey, Glenn, thank you so much for being here. Really excited to get started. And you said you want to work on losing some weight. If you don't mind me asking, how are you eating right now? I'm eating like crap. Okay, great. Can you tell me how you would eat healthier if you were going to make some changes right away? What would you eat if you were going to do anything? I'd have some berries. I wouldn't eat as much bread. Maybe I'd eat a little bit less around 7 o'clock. I said, great. Let's start with that for two weeks and see how it goes. Two weeks goes by. Did you do it? Oh, no. It's funny, like you said, most people know what they need to do to get started. The difference between the people who are achieving things and the people who are not is are you taking the actions to get there? Keep going, keep going. But tell me your story. Oh, my goodness. Well, I was just going to say for me, I, <laughs> when I first started in the industry, and Brandon knows this quite well because this is one of the first things we talked about when we thought about me engaging in a professional relationship here at Strata, was that I, I love the idea of being my own entity. However, I had none of the skills in order to build my business. And I was struggling for a long time. The only way I knew how to grow my business was through referrals. And that was slow because I didn't have the best technical skills, especially when I first got started. And so I remember I was at this dingy gym. Uh, it shall re uh, remain nameless. Um, well, actually, no, it's, it's in Markham. That's yeah, not important. And I remember being there, small, small place, just a handful of people that worked there. And... Uh, they have like loud rock music on there, not really a place for me to do like my table work. Uh, it kind of like smelt a little funky, like it was like, like this musk of the place. And I remember having this moment just thinking to myself, like, I really don't know what I'm doing here. Like I was just spinning my wheels, hoping that things would change and, and they didn't. And so what I did was when Brad and I chatted and he told me what he was up to and growing the business and so giving me some ideas, like this is a place that I really have to be if I want to grow my business. Hence the conversation that we had last time that you told on the podcast. And so for me, the reason why I was talking about the story before now we're talking about now is I had this really long lag time between learning the skill of marketing and knowing I had to learn the skill of marketing and then actually going out and doing it. And I think that if I had learned how to market, like I know now, I learned from you, but let's just say you weren't doing this then and I found someone that could have given me the same thing. And I had done that, let's say, when I was 25 or 26 versus when I was uh, 34, 35, I think, when I first started working here, then my career could look really, really different today, right? And it really comes down to like that lag time. And since then, with your encouragement and through my own life lessons and learning, I do try to shorten the lag time between things. And we all have things in our life that there's lag time for, but the sooner we can get past that, the better off we're going to be. And it also kind of segues into something else I wanted to discuss and share a little bit, which is thinking about like acute effects of decision-making versus chronic effects of decision-making, right? There are going to be short-term trade-offs and payoffs to some things. There's going to be long-term payoffs uh, to things. Just like there's going to be short-term consequences, negative to things, and long-term consequences to things. If you think about someone who drinks a lot, they go out every, you know, every evening they have a couple of drinks, so they go spend their weekend binge drinking. It's an extreme example, but stay with me right? Acutely, if you had a drink a week or two drinks a week, not really a big deal. 
But if you have drinks every night and you spend your weekend drinks, they have chronic effects on your liver and your health over time. And it's the same thing with your business. If you take a look at all the things that you need to do, and there could be 30 different things, if you short that list up to like, what one or two things do I have to do today to move my business forward? You just focus on those acute things and knowing what they are. Chronically, you'll get to where you want to go. And like openly, that's why we talk about systems here. And we have people review their KPIs or key performance indicators when they're really struggling with what to do next or they're struggling with their growth is because those KPIs, right? How many people did you see this week? How much time did you spend marketing? All those people you spoke to, how many came sales calls, sales calls to consults, consults to assessments, assessments to, you know, um, education sessions, education sessions to new clients, client hours, all this stuff. If we know those numbers, we can see where your breakdown's at, but we know what skills you have to build and we know what you need to be doing next. So we can shorten that lag time down in terms of knowing what you need to be doing. And once you know what you need to be doing, it's like, great, let's focus on these two things this week and here's what you're gonna do every day and now go attack that. And if we can just plug that into the system and you build that skill, it's like, great, let's review the KPIs after this past month. Now what's the biggest thing? Okay, you got seen by more people, but those people aren't now picking up the phone and chatting with you to move on to the next step, great. Let's talk about what's going on in your sales conversations to move that forward. And it becomes a very a systematic, strategic way to go about improving your business. And the great thing about it is it, became, it can become oftentimes emotionless. And I'm not, this is not to say that emotions don't play a huge role in this in some way, shape, or form. Because we do have to use them as a bit of a barometer sometimes. But oftentimes, mental gymnastics, those emotions stop us from doing the next thing that we need to do. And we have pity parties for ourselves. And then we don't do what we need to do. And then the week goes by. And you start losing a week every month because you're feeling bad for yourself. Well, that week every, every month turns into 12 weeks every year. 12 weeks is three months. You extrapolate that, that's three or four years over 10 years that you've lost in terms of building your business. So this is to say that we really promote systems here because if you have a system and we can identify where in the system you're not performing well and give you the things that you need to do to improve yourself in that system, and that weak link in the chain is no longer the weak link. We can then move on to the next one. And then we can have you reverse engineer your career all the way back from when you want to retire to where you are now and ultimately have the life that you want to live because you're doing what you need to with less lag time. But that not taking action is a killer, which is why you got to figure out, how am I going to spend my time right now? How's it ultimately going to impact my money and my income? It's huge. Honestly, I think for today, I mean... When I kind of covered it, I mean, honestly, that's our big thing is I want you really thinking, we really want you thinking about how you are taking actions. And when you sit there and you go, I can't do that. It doesn't work for me. That's not true. It does work. You just got to put the energy in to make it happen and figure out what in the system is not working. Like Glenn was saying, you have to take action. You have to take steps. We've said this before. This is very repetitive, this part. So I'm not going to repeat that anymore, but it's either going to be you need to put more money into the system to make the thing grow, or you need to find a way to get more time. Like that's going to be the one or two things. And I'll tell you, I mean, I'm, obviously it's going to sound like a sales plug and it really is. If you want to go faster, we can tell you with our mentorship how to go faster. And we've lowered our prices in a way that makes it much easier to get scalability and growth through marketing mentorship. Anyway, that was good. Thanks, that was man. great. Hey, what's your pick of the week? I think I'm going to take what I think you were... We can talk about Arnold being your pick of the week. I knew it. Let's do a joint pick of the week. Joint pick, pick of the, pick week. the week. We're both picking Arnold. Arnold. So tell you what, I'll do the, I'll do the book and you can do the Netflix documentary. Didn't read the book, for sure. So I, I, I had learned from a, uh, an earlier on mentor, one of the best ways that you can learn is to read autobiographies of people 
who inspire you and who have done what you want to do. And I have a hard time reading autobiographies, to be honest with you. I don't find them that interesting. But I always liked Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Always enjoyed them. I loved his charisma. And so I actually read his autobiography that he published, I think it was 15 years ago. So his autobiography goes from when he was born up until when he ended, it, ended his governorship. So nothing about his extramarital affairs or anything like that. Uh, and what I really learned from the book is kind of summed up in a line from the movie, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, didn't really give too much thought to the negative emotions in his head. He wouldn't let that last for any more than 24 hours. There's one part of the book, and I think he might talk about it in the documentary as well, where he talks about not winning... I think it was Mr. Universe one year, or uh, sorry, Mr. Olympia. The first Mr. Olympia, he lost it to Frank Zane in the first Mr. Olympia. Olivio Sergio, Olympia. It was Mr. Universe, he lost it to Frank Zane first round. Then that must be it. Olivia so, Sergio was the Olympia first round. Perfect. So great. So obviously bodybuilding knowledge from the guy that was looking to be a bodybuilder for, for a couple <laughs> decades. So uh, I'm referring to the Mr. Universe Frank Zane. He thought he was going to win. He thought he was going to get robbed. And he says he had such a pity party for himself that night. He stayed up all night. And then woke up the next morning and said, Arnold, no more, ta- no more time for to be toy for yourself. We start working. We start moving on to the next thing. And then he started working on the next thing. But his lag time between when he felt bad for himself into the next action was incredibly short. And he took the opportunities when they were given to him. Right after Mr. Universe and he lost, he got a call from Joe Weider the next day. Joe Weider said, I want you to move to Miami. Come train with me. And he essentially left that day left his apartment. He was living with Franco Colombo, I think in Germany at the time. He said, Franco, you can have all my stuff. I'm not coming back. I'm going to go fly from where I am right now to Miami. I'm going to go live with Joe Weirder and build life here. You know, have a great one. Right? And think about how many people would really think about that move seriously. They'd be humming and hawing over it. But Arnold knew exactly what he wanted. He knew this was going to be the next step. He didn't think about it. He said yes right away and then got the ball rolling. Yes, Joe Weirder, I'm going to do it. Great. Who do I have to call now to get things in order? Got it. Tell Franco Colombo. Not coming back home. Tell mom and dad, not coming back. Committed. Great. Yep. Go see Joe Weirder. On to the next one. And that was that. I'll say the movie, the more recent movie that just came out a couple of days ago or weeks ago, I mean, it's the, same, it's the same story. But the thing that I just took away from it, it's really nice to hear him tell his story. Because, I mean, obviously it's a bit organized to make sure it's a really smooth storytelling experience. But he just keeps talking about, like Glenn said, that the emotions never got in the way. He just kept going, kept going, and kept going. And I think that's an important thing. You can have emotional responses, but they just can't get in the way of decision-making. Uh, it was great. I absolutely love it. I think it's a very cool story. So if you haven't checked it out, check out the book if you're a book person. Check out the movie if you're a movie person. Uh, movie, the three series episodes, and there's probably more from him coming before he croaks, I'm sure. There, yeah, there's one more actually thing I want to share from that I thought was really, really brilliant and helped me reshape how I present myself at presentations and communication, if that's okay. Mm. One thing I really loved, excuse me, one of the things I really loved about Arnold Schwarzenegger especially as communicated inside this documentary, is the charisma. The charisma. People loved being around Arnold Schwarzenegger because he always uh, brought a sense of community everywhere he went. If there wasn't one, he created one. And he had that charisma to drive forward. You would never know how Arnold Schwarzenegger felt in that moment. You would just think that Arnold Schwarzenegger seemed to be immune to any negative thing that happened to him. Like, he always had this positive mindset. But Arnold Schwarzenegger is like anyone else, where he has positive and negative emotions, however you want to frame that. But irregardless, his charisma carried him through all the time. And so I think there's one of those things where if you have to fake it until you make it, that's fine. If I have a bad day, my clients have no idea I'm having a bad day. 
I button that up right before and I try to even button up before I get into work. Once in a while, I drop the ball on that and that's okay. It's something I'm working on. But the thing about Arnold that I loved was that charisma and just the ability to keep pushing forward. So beautiful. I'll digress there. Everyone, spend some money to make some things happen. Spend some time to make things happen and do it relentlessly like Arnold. Arnold, we'll be back. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for today. This was a lot of fun. Fitness Pro Mentors podcast, the Minds on Muscle show. Honestly, if you want to go faster, let us know. We'd love to try and help you out. And we got some great prices to help make it happen. But until next time, we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone.